Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Is it working? Testing one. Testing. <laughs> we should one tell people gray. this is the fifth <laughs> time that we've started the show today. We've never had that problem. Never. In all the 62 episodes that we've recorded, this is the first that we've had to do at five different starts. And it's because we have glitches everywhere. My printers have been glitching this morning, and we had problems with our our connection, our internet connection. We've have never had ever, that problem. Have you ever had deja vu? Because I'll mention again what I mentioned in the last few takes. You had <laughs> uh, you had an aunt that had a phrase for this too. Yes, my aunt, God rest her. She was a, a wonderful lady. She was very ahead of herself. She. Uh, back in the 50s and 60s was with the foreign service and she traveled the world and she was very very much um, an independent lady and this was at a time when when women were thought that their place was in the kitchen back home but uh, she was into a hobby into astrology and she would call days like today days that were in retrograde I didn't know what it meant, but it sure sounded like it fit. And uh, you did a little searching and you found out what it meant. What does retrograde mean, sir? Well, everything is running backwards. In <laughs> If you were a mechanic in the Air Force, oh, which I wasn't, but I knew some, and they'd say, yeah, you know, we maintain those jets all the time. We do everything to them. They are top-notch 150%. They are ready to go at any time. You never have any problems with them. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> there are days and when the whole fleet will go down all at once for no reason at all. I'm going, well, what causes that? Well, uh, we like to refer to them. Uh, the military term is gremlins. Yes. Gremlins yep. take over for a day and just wreak havoc on everything. And that's it. I'm going, what do you do about that? Hope and pray that uh, tomorrow gets here soon because today is in retrograde. <laughs> when you call computer service, their answer to a day like today is turn off your computer, count to 10, <laughs> and turn it back on. Reboot Unplu the system. Unplug the power cord. Can we do that in Washington? Could we unplug it? <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. Just plug it back in. Unplug it. Count to 10. And start it up again. Unfortunately, I think to get rid of the gremlins that we have lurking around in the Capitol, it's going to take more than a reboot. It's going to right. take a, it's a big broom that's got to sweep <laughs> through that bad boy. Uh, they had an interesting day yesterday in D.C. They, with all the, the chaos and commotion happening in the world, uh, the Biden administration thought it appropriate to sign an anti-lynching bill into law. Well, that's good. Now, they haven't Why? had a lynching in the U.S. probably since 1964, but they thought it was important to uh, put an anti-lynching law in effect. I think it's because they're trying to, to sound relevant and to appear to be doing something while all of this turmoil is happening around the world. Turmoil that, with all of their bluster, they have real no effect on. They're not doing a heck of a lot. With all the money we've spent in the Ukraine, what mm -hmm. are we getting for it? Is the war slowing down? Are they coming closer to any kind of a peace agreement? Do we even know what we're doing there except for what the news tells us? And 
all the hoopla about that and Joe Biden with his gibberish when he's in Poland saying, well, for those of you that have been there and those are about to go, what the hell did that mean? So we were in there for a long time. I have this to tell whole you, thing is a puppet show. People think this gibberish of, of Joe is, is new. It's a new thing brought on by age, but he's been doing this for several years now. The gibberish, mm-hmm. he hasn't been the sharpest tool in the shed for quite some no. time. Let me give you an example. One man stands ready to deliver change we desperately need. A man I'm proud to call my friend. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. Hillary Clinton is as qualified or more qualified than I am to be vice president of the United States of America. Quite frankly, it might have been a better pick than me. Look, John's last minute economic plan does nothing to tackle the number one job facing the middle class. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three letter word, jobs. J-O-B-S, jobs. If we do everything right, we do it with absolute certainty. We stand up there and we make really tough decisions. There's still a 30% chance we're going to get it wrong. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America, Barack Obama. Now is the time to heed the timeless advice from Teddy Roosevelt. Speak softly and carry a big stick. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I promise you. It's not what Jill said. (laughs) And now the president of the United States, Barack America. (laughs) You know, they talk about everything. You know, the, the funny thing is, everything that they said would happen while Trump was in office has happened, but only under Biden. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what an embarrassment. What a, what a joke. And we are in the toilet. Thank you very much. There's a line from Macbeth, which I think describes this administration. It's, uh, it, it reads, it is a tale full of sound and fury signifying nothing <laughs> yeah he's uh, <clears throat> I, he does the words can not describe a lot of bluster a lot of things looking like they're happening you know i was thinking yesterday we're we're listening carefully to all the words that they're saying about the ukraine war and i'm thinking these are the guys who screwed up the afghan war war what seven months ago and we're supposed to trust that they're handling this situation correctly. It was only mm-hmm. seven months ago when out of the clear blue sky, they decided to pack everything up and, and just leave every, all the equipment behind and say goodbye to a lot of Americans, because there are still some Americans over there trapped behind Afghan lines. You know that to mm-hmm. this day, there are still people who should be here that are there people who were American citizens, people who were promised that they would be allowed into the country should there be a situation like this because they 
put themselves in harm's way to help us, they're still there. He turned his back on, on the people who helped us and on some American citizens. But now we're in this situation, another war, and we're supposed to trust that they're handling it properly? You know, they relied on John Kirby at the, at the Pentagon and, and uh, all of these people who were supposed to be the great military leaders in the Biden administration to take care of the Afghan situation. They blew it then. Why, why do we think they're not blowing it now? Well, they are. They're doing what they do best, screwing it up, getting it wrong. I mean, what we're seeing in Washington is likened to a big dumpster fire. Friends, you're witnessing a dumpster fire of our country uh, in progress. It's sad what we're going it through is. right now. It is. They asked President Trump yesterday in an interview, what do you think about the idea of you being the Speaker of the House when, when and if the Republicans take Congress in November? He said, I'm really not interested in that. Uh, and... and I, to a certain extent, I know where he's coming from, but I'm thinking to myself, if if we have to wait another two and a half, two and three quarter years for there to be some kind of a change course correction, I think we're, we'll be beyond the point of no return because this well, guy has, has sailed us so far from where we are supposed to be. We're so far off course that there may be no coming home, no going back. Well, I've said it before. I think we're probably there right now because the scariest thought to me is that we are in a time that our alternative and maybe our only choice is to put Kamala in the number one chair in the United States. You think about that for a minute. She doesn't even have, maybe she has, has some cognitive ability, but she can't keep a staff. She can't, she will not sit there and take the time to even read the cleft notes of what it is that she is supposed to be talking about. She doesn't have a clue. She doesn't care to have a clue. She just wants to, <laughs> well, you want me to tell you where I live? <laughs> I live in a house <laughs> in this country <laughs> called, it's a big country <laughs> called the United States of America. <laughs> and in that country, there's a state <laughs> and oh there's a God. town. <laughs> and I live in that town of Los Angeles <laughs> you in have a house. To, you have to admire the fact that she, she always likes her own material. Oh, she loves it. And she I really just does. sat there. I want to puke in the bucket right now for doing that. But you know, that is Kamala. You want her in the <laughs> White House. <laughs> you know, you talk about changing, you talk about changing the president with the 25th Amendment, I'm I guess. You're not the only one. Yesterday on uh, the Tucker Carlson show on Fox, which is probably the biggest show on uh, cable television. Mm -hmm. T Tucker show. It's huge, huge numbers, like well over 3 million people per night right. watching. That's a lot of people. And here's what he said. So Biden just said everything that he has said for the last week is true. And none of it has been corrected by people who work for him. The truth is Joe Biden has no idea. Joe Biden has no idea what his publicists say when he goes to sleep. 
Then midway through his answer, Biden starts walking back his own comments. He does that just minutes after saying he would never walk back his own comments. None of that occurred, Biden said. Look, it feels almost like we're being mean to the guy by quoting him. And no one wants that. No one is making fun of his age or his diminished condition, only trying to defend the country. Then moments later, Biden declared that no reasonable person would think he wants regime change in Russia. Watch this if you can stand it. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. All right, joke's over. Too much is at stake as there was ever a time, if there was in U.S. history ever a time to invoke the 25th Amendment, it is now. As Joe Biden himself put it, for God's sakes, this man cannot remain in power. So we're not the only one who sees the, uh, the problem that we're in, and we're not the only one who has mentioned the 25th Amendment. It's just a sad thing that we have to talk about it. Now, they talked about that for Trump. Pelosi was bringing it up in a drunken stupor. Oh, I'm sorry. She doesn't drink. Excuse me. She eats ice cream. Uh, yes. There you go. But either way, she brought it up uh, when they were talking about Trump and the Russian collusion and all that, which has been proven even by the former CIA director. It was him that made up the story at the behest of uh, Hillary, and they, they said, oh, this sounds like something Russia would do. Let's run with it. And he got impeached by the Democratic Congress on a false narrative. You know, friends, that is a criminal um, event in and of itself. And anybody that was a party to it should be sent to the gallows. It's treasonous. But that's how they operate. You know, they want this, this uh kangaroo system of government that they are so used to uh, running. But here's the thing, Bill. The Durham report is supposed to come out any day now. Mm -hmm. I heard that it's very, very close. And it's going to be devastating to the other side based upon the things that we've heard. Washington keeps nothing totally under wraps. Nothing. It seems as if the other side is trying to... They have people out there already trying to put out fires that really haven't been started yet. They're trying to make Donald Trump look like he's the issue. He's the problem. You even mentioned something this morning about a judge who didn't say that it was Trump specifically that was the problem, uh, I guess, January 6th. He implied that he may have been kind of almost. Am I right? Yeah. And so what he's doing, Trump is saying, no, 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 no. I don't have to appeal, uh, appear or do anything or give you evidence because there is no evidence on this January 6th witch hunt. Have they proven anything? No, they have not. As a matter of fact, uh, that judge was appointed. I can't remember David something or other. Uh, he's from California. You know, they're famous for, you know, well, let's discuss yeah. it over a cob salad, uh, salad and, uh, <laughs> The California cooler shows you how long it's been since I've been in California. And well, they were popular in the eighties or something like that. But anyway, this guy was appointed by Clinton that, you know, a Hillary hack job going on right there. Sure. And so based on his opinion, not on mm -hmm. facts, they don't have evidence. They don't have anything. Well, I'm just saying he's probably, there's a good chance in my mind that there is a, Maybe a semblance of a chance that he could be guilty. In my mind, of course. Understand well, well, that's something. Good enough. Understand something. These judges, guys like this guy here, they don't get a chance to really do something to Trump. They just throw their opinions out, and their opinions by themselves are magnified by the corrupt media 
to be, oh, see, Trump was wrong. A judge in California said they use these things as a weapon to diminish the former president. Well, one of the things that I will sit there and tell you right now, we have a problem with the legal system, let alone the government, because these judges that are appointed, they're political appointees. Should a judge not be, um, they should be unbiased. They should have no opinion. And yet he is making an assertion saying, no, you got to go to the gallows because I think it's the right thing because I'm a Democrat and I have no proof against you. But in my mind, well, you don't, you don't succumb to our way of thinking and doing business. So you'll be damned. You come on. Is that America? We're told our whole life that the judicial process is supposed to be impartial. It's, it's supposed not. to be. It isn't. Absolutely is not. No. It is very political. How many times do you hear somebody say, so-and-so, an Obama appointee, so-and-so, a Bush appointee, and every time they do that, they're saying, well, they're skewed this way or that way, Right. Yeah, well, that's going on now with the January 6th committee. Again, now we remember, and we all did well wishes. Well, some of us did well wishes for Clarence Thomas, who was was ill, which we never knew anything about what really happened. And now he's back up and going again. And just as quick as he's up, Pelosi comes out. She's going, well, he needs to recuse himself from anything to do with the January 6th uh, committee and in his opinion, because his wife might be in her mind, a co-conspirator to January 6th. Wow. Why is that? Well, she spoke at CPAC. Oh, really? So she spoke at a convention and that makes her in, in Pelosi's mind, enemy of the state, because she is not on that left agenda. They also pointed to some emails they sent that she sent to the president, apparently on the sixth, mm-hmm. saying, "Don't give in, you know, stand firm," encouraging that the president not not concede the election because she felt he had nothing to concede. They make it sound like she didn't have a right to do this, and the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, she had every right. She's not the first person to have an opinion who's married to somebody in, in, in a governmental position of power. Heck, uh, Woodrow Wilson's wife back in 1919, when he had a stroke, she essentially ran the government, forget the vice president. They, she put her husband, she propped him up in a bed, put pillows behind him, made it look like he was thinking properly, but all the major decisions were done behind closed doors and done by the first lady. Yeah. So she had this lady, this nice lady, Clarence Thomas's wife, she has opinions and she voices them. She's not saying overthrow. She's not saying do something illegal. She's just saying, don't give in. We're behind you. And she's supposed to be criticized by the Democrats. You know, it just amazes me. And I say this as a former Democrat. It isn't the same party, Bill, that I was a, a part of back in the in the 70s. In the 70s, it was uh, mainstream America, solid foundation, American morals, American family values, 
everything about the Democratic Party back in the 50s, 60s, 70s was very much like the Republican Party is today. Mm -hmm. And the Democratic Party of today, I submit, is this is not an epiphany. This isn't something that just happened. I didn't just think of this. They are socialists. Some people might step even further and say they're communists. Now, if you happen to still be a Democrat, I understand why. Because you probably come from a traditional situation. Your family was a Democrat. Your, your parents were Democrats. You became a Democrat. You haven't really paid a lot of attention to the party over the past 15 years. So mm -hmm. you, you kind of think, oh, Democrats is a great party. And I've been a part of this party for my whole life. And I'm not going to change. And I would ask you to really do a deep dive. Look around. See what the heck they're doing now to our country. And they're doing it as Democrats. The border situation is destroyed. It's yes, destroyed it right now. Speaking of border, Bill, I got to play this for you. This is Steve Bannon from this weekend. All right. Steve Bannon, as you know, was an advisor to President Trump. And he left, I think, in the first year. Yet, mm -hmm. yet the January 6th committee still wants him to sit down and talk. Mind you, he wasn't the advisor to the president for like three of the four years he was president, but they still want him to talk because he's still an ally of President Trump. Right. And they want to crush all the allies. But here's Steve Bannon. This is from this weekend. They're not going to let the hardworking Hispanic Americans of Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico be destroyed, particularly in the Rio Grande Valley, because that's where it's going to come up in, in South Texas and in Yuma, right? This is outrageous. This is an invasion. Hey, you notice that Joe Biden, he's over there today on the Ukraine-Polish border. You ain't seen him down in the Rio Grande Valley. You haven't seen the southern border. He'd be booed like crazy. And all of his lies and misrepresentations. This is the first article of impeachment on this guy. He has ex initiated and exacerbated an invasion of our beloved country. And he's over there sending, billion, sending another billion dollars, like 100,000 refugees. When you got a massive invasion of this country right now, and as Todd Benson said, they're coming from all over the world. They understand they're rational people. We're not demonizing them. If you and I are in the same situation, do it too. Let's head to El Norte. Why not? You're, you're, you're an idiot if you don't do it. This is the situation we've gotten, and they, they're over there crying crocodile tears over in Poland, the Ukraine border, and that's a tragedy that they helped exacerbate. But they won't come and face the reality of what they've done to this nation. Biden, go to go to the Rio Grande Valley. Biden, go to South Texas. Don't send Kamala Harris. She's a disaster and a joke. And the new book says she wet herself when you gave her that when you gave her that assignment. She didn't want it. Because she knows what your policies are. She knows what it's gonna do. She's gonna be blamed for it. No, you come. We need the president of the United States not on the Ukraine Polish border. We need him down in Del Rio, Texas. That's what we need him. And the, the folks down there deserve you to come down there and face them. That's what the working class matters. Every Hispanic that can hear my voice, if you vote for these demon Democrats, they're out to destroy you and your family. Don't take my word for it. Go down to Del Rio, Texas. Go to La Jolla, Texas. Go to McAllen, Texas. You go down there and you talk to your kin. Talk to them what they're doing. Cities out of control, education out of control, health services out of control, crime out of control. Do you think they care 
at all about you or let me give you a newsflash. They do not. I was listening uh, over the weekend to an interview with a mayor from one of the border towns in Texas. He said they are inundated with illegals and they're doing things like standing around on people's lawns, just going up on their porches to get out of the rain and staying there without asking because they, they feel like they're shielded by our government. If you were to go out and say, get off my porch, this is private property, especially if you had, and they do have these in Texas friends, a weapon. Well, you'll be demonized. It's your property. It's your house, but they still allow this to happen. The guy said, we, our services, forget it. We, we have a, only a certain number of policemen and we have multiples of that illegals in our town. We don't know how to handle it. There's only so much the state can do. This guy and, and Steve Bannon said this, this president, by doing what he did to the border, set himself up for an impeachment. The first article of impeachment would be to allow for an invasion of our country by illegals in our southern border. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what? I'll defend Kamala a little bit on this. And you know, I don't like Kamala Harris, but, you know, based on what Steve Bannon said, and he's absolutely right, you know, she doesn't want to have anything to do with the border because she knows that he is wrong. Even in her mind, you know, he is wrong and she's going to get blamed. Now imagine that. Here is this racist old white capital B A S T A R D that's sitting there that said, Oh, she's the first woman of color in the White House. And he is going to set her up to pin the blame on a woman of color. What a nice guy mm. he is. What a nice guy he is. So you think about that. You know, I'm not a Kamala fan, but maybe, you know, she's right by saying, no, I'm not going to go to that border because they're going to, they're going to pin this on me and I'm not going to be the, the donkey they pin this tail on. And uh, I didn't say that as a political pun, but it came out that way. I, I just don't know where Biden thinks he's taking our country. I don't think he really has control of what he's saying, too. Did you happen to see yesterday in the news? They showed that he, he carries around with him pre-printed cue cards because the staff feels that he's going to go off message, which he does anyway, even with the cue cards. The amazing thing is, and I see that a lot, Yeah, I don't respect a person that goes, all right, let me, and he picks up the card and he reads the card. Uh, the simple fact is, if you voted for this guy, you didn't vote for the person that wrote the card and put the opinion on there. You voted for the guy that's right there. So he should answer in his own words that question. And if he can't, then it's time for him to go. The unfortunate thing is, and now I will pick on Kamala, she doesn't have the ability to run this powerful country. I mean, we've got still effectively the most powerful country in the world. Uh, but, you know, we're running it to hell. I feel like we're in a race car that doesn't have a driver. Mm -hmm. We're in this powerful, strong, dangerous race car and nobody's steering. I, I don't think that the guy we have at the wheel right now is capable of truly understanding what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I, don't, I don't take pleasure in saying that. I wish we had a strong, powerful leader, somebody who knew how to handle a crisis situation like we're in right now.
And I wouldn't mind, by the way, if it was a Democrat, if we had somebody who was a cognitive Democrat who understood what was happening and was handling it properly, I would applaud him. I really would. But we don't have that. We have a guy who is lost. The, his better days are behind him. Yeah, I look, I'll vote for anybody, Democrat, Republican, Independent. Yeah, I'm conservative. But if they hold my values and my best interest at hand, they're going to get my vote and get my support. And that's just the way it is. Now, the unfortunate thing for the Democratic Party, and I will say this about the Republican Party, too, but the Democratic Party, it is full of lefties and corrupt people. Schumer is pushing for a vote today, today, on the confirmation of an appointment to the FTC to run that, uh, a young man by the name of Alvaro uh, Bedoya mm -hmm. from Peru, from Lima, Peru. Oh, by the way, he's a very extreme leftist. He's Soros-backed. Did you hear what I just said? Soros-backed. Yeah. And they want Pelosi and Schumer and the Democrats want him in because, well, this guy heading up the FTC and being in there, well, now they got everything they need to pu push that extreme left agenda. Did you hear about this in the news? Of course not. Now, it is out there. You got to dig for it. Al uh, Alvaro Bedoya. Look it up. Yeah, You'll the see best it federal trade commissioner money can buy. Uh, Mitt Romney. Well, he was on CNN. And he said, you know, if Trump wins uh, in 2024, so they're all coming out of the cracks of the wall now to sit there and go, oh, you know, what we have is over. And Romney is no good guy. I can tell you that no, right now. He says, he says, if Trump wins, he's going to pull us out of NATO. Well, he didn't do it when he was in the first time. The only thing Trump did, and Trump sat there and said, hey, just remember, when I was president, I made those, those slacking NATO nations pay their dues. We right. were carrying the weight. And what is the answer to that? Well, there's no proof that if they didn't pay their dues, they would leave NATO. Well, that wasn't the statement. The statement is he made them pay their dues. Of course, if you're a landlord and you've got a tenant that's not paying their rent, well, there's no proof that they would leave your, your you know, vacate your property because they're not paying the rent. And they're getting away with it. They're going to stay there. What he's doing is saying, or what he did was say, you're a member, you pay your dues. And that's what he did, and they did. One of Trump's closest friends was the leader, the head of, uh, of NATO. Mm -hmm. they, they were good friends. And he respected the fact that Trump was able to do something that he wasn't able to do, get the member nations to pay their fair share. As you recall, uh, some time ago, Putin actually put forward, hey, what do you think about me becoming a NATO nation? Boy, you know what? There's an old saying: you uh, you keep your uh, your friends close and your enemies closer. Mm. What better way to sit there and and keep things in your watchful eye and under your thumb than to maybe have looked at that instead of laughing at that? Once again, Bill, we've rambled on, had an interesting show. Time flies when you're having fun, but I wanted to mention a couple of things. I see where uh, the FDA has authorized the second Pfizer and Moderna booster shot for people 50 and older and immunocompromised individuals. That means that if you had two, you can get two more, which means you have four. These things may never end. You realize that if they just keep authorizing new shots, we'll be getting shots till the day we die. 
Mm-hmm. And we're paying for that. Well, we are paying for it in taxes and the, the, the big money uh, that are the pharmaceutical companies. Well, they got a free ride check that uh, pays for everything. So they're on the government teat. Uh, thanks to us in that. And of course, Biden now has authorized a government website about COVID where you can get uh, the real, the real information you need to know, because it's not like the government has uh, withheld anything or lied to us in the past. So you've got that going on. Elon Musk, he's floating the idea. You know, now Trump has truth social. Mm-hmm. They're saying that people signing up, uh, it's tanking. And if that's true, that's only because they have attacked the internet platform. Now his son has launched uh, MXM. And since we spoke yesterday, all of a sudden people are going, yeah, I'm trying to download the app, but Google is blocking me. Yes, Google to the rescue, a conservative source is out there. We're going to block it. So Elon Musk is going, you know, maybe I'm going to start a social platform, go against Twitter and Facebook. You need to take down the Googles and the providers like that that are the main blockers. But he is talking about it because he wants freedom of speech. You mentioned that Truth Social was having issues, and it's intentional. Mm-hmm. I read an article about it. <clears throat> they're not letting just everybody get in at one time, meaning they're not allowing an open gate policy. They're screening the people they're allowing into the social network because if they don't do it this way, they're going to get filled with bots, computerized, mm-hmm. automated uh, members who can mess the entire process up. So if you are one of the people who are standing in line to get into true social, like you're, I was 250,000 or something like that. My wife is like 1,200,000. She's still waiting, but there's a reason for it. They are literally screening. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're going through, they're making sure that you're really a human and not a computer. That's what they're doing. Well, I, I will tell you this, you know, we, we have our posting of this show in a lot of different places. Um, one of the platforms, LinkedIn, which I'm a member of from other things that I do, I got a notification of uh, a young lady that's uh, following us. And then all of a sudden, I saw the notification that the uh, Democratic Activist Group and the National Committee is following us. And I'm like going, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, not that we're big news. Uh, friends. No. I don't have that kind of head or ego. We're having fun doing this. We're telling you our opinion, and we do wish that you would share the show and get it out there. But I don't want to sit there and uh, get attacked by social bots from the left going, well, these guys might have an opinion. We need to sit there and try to uh, stop this right now. Squelch it. And that's what that is. Now, I didn't accept the the membership from or the the association with them. It's like, yeah, forget it. Delete. Because I've got nothing they want to hear, and they got nothing I want to hear. If you want to contact us, you can call us at 833-583-6060. Leave a message, 833-583-6060. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com on Facebook. It's another day. Hey, we had a great time. One last thing, Alec Baldwin, his wife confirmed that she is... Fregos, she's pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah, boy, that guy, you know, he's got a happy trigger. I mean, what is it with Alec and guns? <laughs> All I can tell you is this. Chris Rock should be very happy that he didn't make a comment about Alec Baldwin's wife 
goodness knows what he would have done. Oh, yeah. Well, stage. Yeah. yeah, you got to right. wonder what Alec would do in a situation <laughs> like that. Have a good one, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. Boom, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs>